Hi, and welcome to Kleinversations, Klein ISD's podcast about all things teaching and learning. I'm Monica Schallenberger, and I'll be the host for each episode, and my guests will be rotating educators from all over our school district. This podcast is for anyone wanting to expand their knowledge about teaching and learning, and hear our conversations about the journey of educators being joyful, reflective, transparent, and deliberate about applying their learning to transform the world. Dr. Jenny McGowan is our guest today, and she is the current superintendent of Klein ISD. She serves as the first female superintendent of our 50,000 student school district. She is a dedicated leader who has also served Klein ISD in the roles of deputy superintendent, chief learning officer, executive director, principal, assistant principal, and classroom teacher. Just recently, Dr. McGowan was named the Sam Houston State University Distinguished Educator of the Year for 2020, as well as the National Public Relations Association's 2020 Superintendent to Watch. She was also named the 2019 Outstanding Woman in Education by the American Association of University Women, North Harris County branch for her contributions to the field of education. Additionally, she was recognized as the Houston Biz Woman Headliner in Education in 2018 and as one of the top 40 professionals under 40 across all sectors in the greater Houston area by the Houston Business Journal in 2017. Today, we talk about working together during the pandemic, taking care of yourself to take care of others, remembering engagement begins with empathy and more. Here's our conversation now. Hi, Dr. McGowan. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, Monica. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to have you back since it's kind of become an annual visit of two times a year from you. Thank you. you. I always enjoy being on Conversations. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are happy to give you a platform to share your wisdom with us. So we'll jump right in to how we always start. Um, so we always start with a celebration, and this is our first uh, episode of the 2021 school year. So what would be your celebrations in this unique year? Well, so far? I would say what I would celebrate, first of all, was just the historic start that we've had to the 2021 school year. You know, when you think about when we closed in March, I don't think any of us could have ever imagined the challenges that we would face in trying just to get the 2021 school year up and running. And so I just want to start by saying how grateful I am for all of the hard work of everyone in our client family, from our teachers to our school leaders, to our maintenance crew, our plant ops, food service. I mean, it has been all hands on deck for a very, very long time trying to navigate a number of challenges that were not by any of our own making. But nevertheless, uh, I just want to celebrate, of course, the historic start to the school year. And then I guess I always love to celebrate our students. And so one thing that immediately comes to mind is just the incredible pledge to distance campaign that our Klein High senior, Sinea Sanoi, just recently launched and uh, has had such tremendous success. It's gone across the entire nation. Of course, it's really been something to celebrate and see in our community. And she was recently just nominated. I know not just nominated. She actually received the 2020 Student Heroes Award from the State Board of Education. Yes. So uh, what I would say I would celebrate about Zanea is not just the fact that she won this great award and that she created this incredible campaign, but I had the opportunity to visit with both uh, she and her family uh, uh, the other evening. And I, what I expressed to them is what truly just brings me so much joy is when you see a young person who is clearly so gifted 
who is clearly so bright, who has so many talents and abilities, and you see them using those things to make the world a better place and to contribute to the greater good. Wow. That, that gets me excited to get up every single morning and keep doing this work that we all get to do together. So yes, I celebrate a historic start, celebrate all of the hard work of our folks to make that happen. And then of course, I always want to celebrate our students who are doing truly remarkable things and giving us all so much hope and inspiration as we go along together. Yeah. And I know it's been so fun to see you still go out to all 51 <laughs> campuses in one week. Uh, yeah. One week, right? That's all right. five days. Four days. Four days. Four days. We only have four days this year for the first week of school. So yes. And so just tell me a little bit, just ex- like as a district, we're experiencing this first year in a pandemic. I mean, the whole world is, but what are some things that you witnessed that you've never seen our teachers, our educators, our students, our staff having to do before just being on this first week of school, what, two weeks ago just happened. We're like starting the third week of school right now. So what are the some things that you saw while you were oh, out there? Well, first of all, it was just incredibly inspiring to be in our schools again and to see our educators doing the brave and particularly courageous work that they are doing this year. Uh, as well as to, of course, get to see our students, both those who are joining us in Klein Online and then, of course, those that we got to see uh, in the flesh in Klein on campus. So that was just filled my soul with joy and I know brought a lot of joy to our community as well. But, you know, I, I think what really inspires me is just the fact that every person right now in education, whether you are a veteran educator or you are someone who is brand new. And, you know, I had the joy when I was going around to the campuses to stop by the classrooms of our teachers who are first year, like brand new to the profession teachers, as well as all of our campus teachers of the year. Because remember, we were supposed to have a big banquet in April to, as we always do traditionally, to honor our teachers of the year and our superintendents uh, initiative award winners and other employees of the year. And so because we didn't get to do that, I wanted to make sure I got to personally deliver to them what I would have given them uh, if we had all been able to to be together in the spring. But, uh, you know, whether you were in a classroom of somebody who was the teacher of the year uh, or someone who was just brand new beginning this adventure of education in the midst of this COVID-19 situation, what what really struck me is how many similarities there were between those two groups of teachers. Because everyone, essentially this year, is a first-year teacher. Every principal is a first-year principal. You know, we have never done anything like this before certainly in Klein ISD. And so I just was touched and and also reminded and challenged by uh, just the situation that our teachers find themselves in trying to do a great job for our students. You know, I, I saw, uh, I went to one classroom of a teacher of the year and we were chatting and she just was saying, you know, I just, I just don't feel like I'm a very good teacher right now. You know, this was like day two. I said, well, don't forget, you've only been doing this for two days, <laughs> but when you're an experienced successful teacher and you're coming into your classroom and you've been able to just immediately make this magic happen because you've got so much experience and, and so many uh, things that you've learned over the years. Those things, of course, our folks still have, but they're having to marry them into a situation that they've never faced before. And so I just uh, left the every single campus and finished out the week thinking educators and particularly our classroom teachers are some of the bravest, most selfless people I know. And their willingness to be in such such a difficult time 
and to continue learning and to continue growing and to continue trying to do their absolute best for kids every day really does inspire me. So yeah, it was great to be out on the campus. And of course, you know, I love to stop and talk to everyone. So I love to get to see our custodians. <laughs> I love to get to talk to our yeah. service folks. I love to see our clients. And there were just so many people I hadn't seen in so long. And so that brought me a lot of joy as well, just to get to, you know, physically check in with people and get to hear from them and learn from them. And of course, most importantly, be inspired by them because uh, we've got some phenomenal folks here in our Klein family, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. And that is such a weird dynamic being home for so long and then coming back, but we've all seen each other. Like right. technology -wise. Land. We've seen each other in Zoom land. And like, embrace each other because, you know, right. it's a weird time. I, I've seen you. I remember what you look like. I feel like I just saw you yesterday, but... <laughs> We're all back now. So speaking of seeing these teachers and seeing everyone kind of in the same situation of being back to square one, because this is just unprecedented in education right now, what is, what's your advice for teachers and principals as they approach this school year that's so different than anything we've ever seen before? Well, I, I think the first thing I would say is let's remember that we are going to get through this together. And I've said that before to our folks here in Klein, but that is how we will get through this moment. The best is continuing to come together, continuing to work together and to continue to keep our, our vision at the focus of everything that we're doing together, which can be really challenging with so many distractions and so many obstacles that again, we've never had to, to consider or deal with before. But as I've said to folks, you know, I think focusing on learning together, recognizing that we will fail forward together and that we are ultimately going to prevail together is key. Uh, I think what that looks like in, in the practical day-to-day -day is making sure that as we're working together in community on our teams and our professional learning communities, that we are focused on being both an optimist and a realist. And I, I know a lot of times people want us to pick one or the other, that you're either an optimist or you're a realist. But I had a, a, a great friend who reminded me recently that you can actually be both at the same time. And that the benefit of being both of those things is that by being a realist, you're able to accurately assess the challenges of the situation that are in front in front of you. And by being an optimist, you have the hope and the energy and the enthusiasm to be able to press through those challenges and to see what's possible on the other side. And so I guess what I would say to our, our teachers and our principals and, and our educators on campuses is to, to stick together and to continue to practice both optimism and realism. And then I think finally what I would say is engagement begins with empathy. I think that's true for our students. That's true certainly when we're working together in our teams that the best way to engage with people is to start from a place of empathy where you're trying to understand where folks are coming from. I think it's really easy when you're going through a really long challenge to start getting really judgmental, to start really picking you know, people apart, to start being really critical. And I think that that accomplishes absolutely nothing. <laughs> so I try to encourage people to remember that you want to engage with folks. You want to engage with our students. You've got to start from a place of empathy. But that also applies that to all of us, that we have to engage with ourselves from a place of empathy. And so like what I was saying about the, the teacher that I was chatting with, who after two days was just like, oh, gosh, you know, I just don't feel like I'm, I'm doing what I want to be doing for my students. It's like, hey, remember, you've got to empathize with yourself for the situation that you're in. And you've got to remember that the goal here is not to be perfect. The goal is to get better every single day. Because again, 
this is not business as usual. This is business as unusual. Everything about this situation is completely <laughs> unusual. And so the goal cannot be to be perfect. The goal has to be to get better every single day. And the way we're going to do that the best is by sticking together and helping one another. So, yeah, I mean, all these things are really easy to say and are much more challenging to practice. Uh, but I know the power of our client family. So I have full faith that if we keep, you know, empathizing with ourselves and with one another, we stick together and we keep both that spirit of optimism and that spirit of realism as we approach everything. Uh, we'll get on the other side of this. And wow, won't that be a great day? And I think so many of the points that you just made are so imperative to managing teamwork in the face of a pandemic. I was reading this peer reviewed journal the other day and it was talking about like what you were just saying, how when you're in a high stress situation, there's this natural process that happens called the narrowing of attention. Mm, no, tell me. Well, it's basically when you have an over-focus on self and it doesn't mean you're a selfish, horrible person, but when your body and brain get into a situation where it's high stress, high tempo, a lot of pressure, it's a natural mm. state that you will go into a narrowing of attention. Wow. And the problem in this journal is so good. And I'll link it oh, in the please. show notes, but the problem with it is, is you risk being caught up in the turbulence of the crisis or the situation that's very difficult. And so it was just talking, the journal was just talking about how, like, just said, staying focused on the vision because collective efficacy, that belief yes. in this, that this team can succeed in conditions is imperative to being optimistic and realistic, like you were saying. So true. And if it's talking about having team resiliency, it starts with mending the relations of the mm -hmm. team, apologizing if you snap someone's head <laughs> off or you took someone's, you know, tone. And, 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 we, and we're laughing and it's funny, but yeah, it's so true. It like I've had more people in my emails apologize apologizing for asking questions and needing help and I'm like please right. don't apologize like you can even just hear it in the way people are asking it's like it's okay like we're all new or this isn't new information and you're just overwhelmed and so let me help you find right. it you know so um disengaging with empathy I've just been so grateful for some of the people that I have come encounter with and in, in my working day and I'm not even in the classroom of the kindness of people mm. that want to help and and really, like you're saying, just focusing on that teamwork, because that is the only way that we're going to get through this successfully is doing it together because we were all wired to be in community and not do things solo. Okay. So I like that you point that out so much because it's so important. I think people sometimes don't realize the importance of that and being successful in these high stress situations. So I know one thing that's so important is to fill your cup. And you talked about that in our district kickoff. Uh, and I loved that you pointed that out and hearing it from a leader is so important. So people kind of have a permission that it's okay to take care <laughs> right. of yourself and others. And I know, and not a literal permission, but it just, it's so nice to have a leader that's like, Hey, you guys, we're also not going to make it out if you don't take care of yourself. <laughs> so um, what do you do personally and professionally to fill your cup? Oh gosh. Well, yeah, it is true that you cannot pour from an empty cup. And I have seen, you know, as we've gone through this different points where either personally and professionally for myself and then for others on my uh, immediate team. And then of course at large in the district where I've seen folks who are so selfless, so dedicated to what we do, so desperate to see that shared vision continue to become a reality for our students that there's this tendency to just try to keep pouring from an empty cup and it just doesn't work well. You know, I think we've probably all tried it from time to time. And eventually what you get is a very rundown, like kind of some of the things you were sharing, you get people who are snappy that aren't normally snappy. You get people who are very pessimistic that normally are pretty optimistic and you, and it can really be, um, 
challenging to creating the kinds of conditions we need in the district to do the best that we can for our kids. And so, yeah, for me professionally, I would say filling my cup, the best place I, for me to go is to be back on the campus. So when I get to witness my why and connect with people, that is always very uh, refilling for me to be able to just get every, uh, I guess, get to get perspective on things. Because when you're, you're there in the classroom and when you're on the campus, you can feel how things are going. You can identify areas where you could be more helpful. You can uh, absolutely have engagements that bring you hope and joy. And so for professionally, I love to get out on campuses. But the other thing I, I've found to be particularly helpful in this season is, you know, Amy Edmondson, I know, you know, we've been studying some of her work as a, a leadership team mm -hmm. in the district. And I love what she says about framing the work as a learning question and acknowledging your own fallibility. I think that it's so easy when you get tired and you've been running a race for a long time with not a lot of time to recharge and, and refill. It is really easy to start seeing things as just a long list of to-do items. It's really easy just to feel like work is a chore. And what I love is like when you frame the work as a learning question, like what am I supposed to be learning from this or what lessons are there are are there for the broader organization or how might this challenge become an opportunity for the future? That's a really energizing perspective to approach work. Mm -hmm. And so that helps me. And then also just acknowledging that, that I'm fallible. We're all fallible. None of us are going to get it right hundred percent of the time, even when that's our intention and we're giving our absolute best effort. And so when you kind of get in those mind frames that everything is a learning question and none of us uh, are perfect and so we're going to make mistakes and you start to model curiosity about what can I actually learn from this that for me professionally definitely uh, energizes me and helps to refill my cup yeah and I I think too it has to be an intentional conversation tying it back to teamwork I know when I heard that same content I think I took it from one of the Holdsworth sessions, um, Lindsay Wharton, she, I was like mind blown, you know, you hear growth mindset and everyone rolls their eyes and they think, okay, this is an overdone idea and I'll be transparent and think, okay, let's see what new content we can have here. And I left being like, okay, what are the hundred people I can right. share this with? <laughs> because it, it really, it is energizing when you look at it. And then we had an intentional conversation with our team to really challenge each other that when we start to become victims or like something's been thrown our way and we don't know, or we're starting to feel stressed and we named what those individual stressors were. And then we said, okay, now we need to be able to, how can we turn that individual situation that really situation, even like visibly through zoom cameras, of course, you can <laughs> see like a little bit and a little bit of a breath of like, okay, this is the constant situation that stresses me as this team member. But then if I constantly look at, okay, what skills am I growing as a professional by going through this. It, it is, it turns it into a victim situation into kind of like an ownership. Like I'm owning this challenge instead of this challenge owning me. Absolutely. So I love that you pointed that out because it's been so helpful to have that, that growth mindset idea kind of revolutionized into just framing a mindset of learning. So personally, what do you do? Oh gosh. I mean, probably like many of us, I always fill my cup by spending time with my family. You know, I feel so blessed to have a wonderful husband and two beautiful kiddos and a mom who, uh, 
is very involved in our lives and involved in our children's lives. And so, yeah, just being with them really does help me to recharge. Uh, I also, you know, love to read and to run. So both of those things help me to get a bit of mental rest and uh, physical activity is always good for the mind and the soul as well. So yeah, I would say spending time with my family and then reading and running are things that definitely help me recharge. Yeah, I love those. Okay, well, speaking of things that are your favorites that fill your cup, um, it's time to head into our favorite section of our episode. And this is one of my favorite parts of the whole conversation. Just because it always brings new information. So what is one favorite thing in life right now doesn't have to be connected to education? Okay, well, I mean, this is this is pretty simple, but I will tell you it has been life changing for me. Uh, I think I know I felt like up until school restarting uh, this month, I felt like since March, I had been in one perpetual zoom meeting. Uh, You know, that just that's just how we're all doing our business all the time. And that, you know, sometimes it would be 12, 15 zoom meetings a day. And so what I have started doing one of my favorite things is just when I get five minutes between meetings, I just go outside and just breathe fresh air. Because it just helps me to pause. It helps me to remember that, um, all, all of these things that we're doing, just to focus in on the, the little things, like focus in on the fact that each day we're trying to make progress towards a bigger vision and that those micro interactions that we get to have with folks, the way that we get to um, engage with people, all of that helps us to make that impact uh, and helps us just to get renewed in the present moment, as one of my mentors used to say, get renew yourself in the present moment. So that has really helped me. I just go outside <laughs> and breathe some fresh air and then like, Come back in and get after it. So that that's pretty simple. It's not as cool as Google Keep, but I know I shared that in the past, but it actually really works for me right now. So that's that's what I recommend. Fresh air, sunshine, and a quick break between things to make sure you're alive you know and what? well. Still as impactful as Google <laughs> Keep and also research-based because your eyes get tired of looking at cameras and I know sometime I did a coffee and self-care chat. At one point I read something that said you also get exhausted mentally looking at yourself. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> like people are and analyze that. And so your mind gets exhausted just seeing yourself on camera and we're all not celebrities. So like, yep. that makes sense. So I love <laughs> good, good to get a nature. break. Fresh like, air is good. Go look at, the, look at yourself and go look at the right. trees. <laughs> That's right. Um, okay. And then one favorite book in life right now. And I know you read a ton of books. Oh, I know. It's so hard for me to pick one. Um, gosh, we have been in, so in cabinet, we have a little time in our, each time we get together to meet weekly where that we focus on learning together. And so we've just finished reading a ton of great articles about equity and inclusion and uh, love the learning that in the discussion uh, and application that has come from all that. But we've just started a new book. And I do think it's a phenomenal read, especially if there's any of you out there who love history and you love biographies. Uh, This one is called Forged in Crisis, The Making of Five Courageous Leaders. And it's basically about uh, people of purpose and commitment who want to make a positive difference, who've made a commitment to rise uh, first within themselves, it says, then by claiming their better selves, and then on the larger stage by staking out the higher ground. And so uh, it's it's a really, really fascinating book. We are uh, enjoying the conversation, basically all five of these leaders. And you have to get the book if you want to find out who they are. So there you go. That's my plug for this excellent book. Uh, but basically all five of these leaders found themselves 
in a profound crisis, not of his or her making, and none of them had seen the turbulence coming. Uh, but once they were in the middle of it, they had to figure out how they were going to navigate through the storm and be transformed by it. So that felt very fitting for the moment we're all living in and leading in together. Ah. And so I encourage you, you it's, it's a great book. And the way it's set up, you can kind of read it in chunks. And it's, it's very inspiring. So Forged in Crisis, Making a Five Courageous Leaders would be my book recommendation for today. Well, and it's funny because if you hear my mouse clicking, I'm like saving <laughs> it to my book list right now because I think I actually went to like a um, webinar with the oh. author because she's she's like yeah, she, yeah she, they did Harvard yes, Business Nancy School with yep. in crisis webinars and I didn't know who she was but I guess she's actually she a famous is. author so yes, I can't wait to excellent it. thank you, you bet, for sharing. Well, thank you for your time today, especially while you're focused on leading our district through reentry in a pandemic on week three. And we just always appreciate your poise, your thoughtful leadership and your care for our client family. And I know we always get audience feedback specifically on, on your episodes that you are a guest on. And I know listeners will take away the advice and perspective. So well, thanks thank again. Thank you, Monica. And thank you so much for the opportunity. And thank you so much for your leadership and all that you've done to support all of our educators in the district with professional learning and coffee and self-care and so many other ways that you bring joy and hope into our Klein family. So thank you so much for who you are and all that you do as well. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I will see you soon and happy, happy Monday. Monday. Take care. Okay. I'm always happy to have our superintendent, Dr. Jitty McGowan, as a guest because she brings authentic content to leadership that we can all learn from. It's important for leaders to highlight the importance of self-care during stressful times and really out of them too, because it's the first step navigating the challenges life throws our way because our souls are taken care of when we take care of them. I love that she highlighted our historic start of this school year and how our district students and staff are moving forward together. Make it a point to be a helpful teammate wherever your team is, especially when we need each other as we move through this pandemic. And last, I want to again echo the celebration of our incredible educators and educators across the country. Being married to an educator and serving them each day in my position, I see the heavy workloads and creativity they're bringing to each workday to optimize the learning environment for their students. It's inspiring and humbling, so thank you. Until next time, here's to taking our learning and transforming the world.